Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. The title of my message today is called God Has Not Forsaken You. And I'm just going to kickstart it with a little story from um, when I first moved to London about six and a half years ago now. Um, I was uh, living in London and I'd been out in the countryside with a friend um, for the weekend and we were coming back into London through loads of traffic and... um, we're getting to the point where we were hungry, tired, and really needing some food, like big time. And um, so we were driving around. You know, when you get to that point where you just can't decide, like, what you need, and then that's just a vicious cycle because you're hungry and you can't decide. Anyway, my friend had a, had a brainwave, and he was just like, um, I know this restaurant. I used to go to it all the time. It's just around the corner. It's called the Mona Lisa. Let's go there. Anyway, so... Um, we parked the car and this guy comes, who was just like on the, on the road, he comes up to us and he's like, oh, I just want to let you know that um, there's been loads of break-ins um, in the past week in this area. You need to pull back the cover on your car, on, on the boot. And, um, and I was just like, oh, why is this guy talking to us? I just don't have time for this right now. And But my friend, who's like really diligent, was like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll go put the cover over the car. And so I'm like, here we go. And anyway, so we walked up to the restaurant and um, it being a Sunday night, the restaurant was closed. And oh, it was so gutting. We were literally just standing there outside of this closed restaurant, just like, what are we going to do? And um, the guy who had helped us out with the boot thing came up to us and was like, oh, we're going to go to the Mona Lisa. And he, we were like, yeah. And, um, and he was just like, oh, well, you know, it's closed because it's Sunday. But there's an amazing pub just at the end of this road. And um, it's on the left-hand side. You can't see it from here, but just keep walking and you're going to bump into it. It's got great food. And we're like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. We're so desperate and all this sort of stuff. Anyway. <laughs> And so we, um, we set off on our way and we're walking down this street and it's a street that is lined with shops and all of the shops are closed. And it's like the never-ending street. We got to about halfway and anyone who spent any time with me whatsoever knows the way I go when I haven't had food and when I'm hungry and tired. I just like cease to exist and let go of all hope. <laughs> Anyway, my thoughts were what we need to do is we need to turn back to the car, we need to Google where the closest McDonald's is, and we need to go get Happy Meals. I'm like, that's that's 100% where I'm going. And um, there's nothing like a Happy Meal when you're in the absolute depths of despair. Um, (laughs) So so I turned to my friend and I just said, I can't walk any further. We, We have to go back. And he just said, I was just thinking the same thing. Like, let's go back to the car and let's just get takeaway. And I'm like, yes, yes, that sounds so good. Anyway, so we're in the process of turning around and this black SUV pulls up next to us. And um, this guy winds down his window and it's the same guy from before. And he said, don't turn back. 
Just keep on going. I know you can't see it yet, but it's just at the end of this road. Just keep on going. And we're just like, <laughs> who is this guy? And um, anyway, we're like, oh, thank you so much. We were just about to turn around. He said, I know you were just about to turn around. Just keep on going. You'll love it. It's really great. It's got great food. Anyway, we're like, okay, all right, well, let's just keep on going. And we walked probably about two or three paces. And my friend turns around and he stops. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like me, I've got my eyes on the prize. Like, you know, I know when I'm ordering, I'm getting a cheeseburger when I get into this thing. <laughs> anyway, and um, he stops and he, call, he calls out to me. He's like, Georgia. Anyway, I turn around and I see that there is no car there. There is no man. He had, the car had not pulled up in front of us, had not pulled away, and it was not behind us. And my friend just said, that guy just vanished into thin air and his car. And I'm like, no, no, there's, there's got to be a laneway that he's pulled into. There's got to be something like that. And we, we, we walk back down the road and he's on his Google Maps. He's trying to figure out where this guy could have gone because it was just lined with shops. And anyway, then we have the epiphany. Now, now, make of this what you will, but we had the epiphany that this guy was an angel. And we were absolutely convinced. And anyway, and then, you know, all of the, the brain fog just lifted immediately. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, an angel has sent us to this pub. We need to get there. <laughs> anyway, so we're, like, racing down the street. We get to this pub, and I'm telling you, it is the most Georgia pub I've ever been in in my whole life. It has ambient lighting. There's jazz playing in the background. Um, they do this amazing cheeseburger. I'm like, this is just, this could not be more me. Anyway, we sat down and we were just like, yes, like we fought, we fought the good fight. We made it to food. And um, anyway, and I, after we ordered, definitely after we ordered, I um, got up and went to the bathroom. And now, in the year leading up to this, I had had this phrase going around and around in my mind. You know when you get, like, a, um, a song stuck in your mind or something like that? I had this phrase in my mind from Alice in Wonderland, super random. And anyway, I walked into the bathrooms, which, by the way, were beautiful. I walked into the bathroom and there is an audio book playing of Alice in Wonderland and it's playing the exact phrase that's been going around in my head for the past year. And it's curiouser and curiouser. I find I grow curiouser. But each time I ask a question, why is there no reply? Does no one know? And I'm standing there in this bathroom completely just awestruck, totally awestruck by, oh my gosh, God is so real. And um, I went back and I told my friend and we spent the rest of the night being like, what does it mean? What does all of this mean? Um, we didn't come to a conclusion that night. Um, but what I didn't know from then was that I was actually going into a season of no reply. And in the next few following years, oh my gosh, I, um, I decided to stay in England um, to move here. And um, those years were filled with so much disappointment, heartbreak, 
plans falling through, dreams failing. I had the massive grief of my dad dying. Um, There was so much heartache in my life and so many unanswered questions. And to be honest, I haven't thought about that memory for years. And what, what was a miraculous memory, a miraculous time, soon became a really painful thing to think about. I didn't want to think about it because I felt really tricked by God. I felt like I had been baited, he'd baited me with promises. And um, when I'd risked everything and trusted him, I walked into a silent lesson of disappointment. And last Sunday, God brought back this memory to me. And particularly that phrase of each time I ask a question, why is there no reply? Does no one know? And I know for me, um, walking through these big life disappointments, I felt terribly alone in them. And it felt easier for me to turn off my feelings than to face into the pain of my reality. I felt like I had to settle for a life of blind faith where I was powerless and living in the dark without answers. I thought I had to pretend that I was okay with that. I was okay with my dreams failing and all of my plans falling through. And I thought I, I, thought I had to be okay with that. I thought I had to deny myself the desires of my heart and defer my hope in order just to survive. What I didn't comprehend, what I didn't understand was that God is comfortable with the hard questions. When Jesus was on the cross, he yelled out a question, and it was a question of why. He yelled out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In Matthew 27, we see the, we see the responses of the people around him. They jeer at him, and they, and they make fun of him, and they say, isn't this the one that God said he was well pleased with? People completely missed the point. They thought that he was calling out to Elijah to come and get him. Some guy thought he was thirsty. The whole thing, they they just completely missed the point of what he was saying. But Jesus, in his most excruciating hour, as he hung on the cross with the weight of the world sing on him, wasn't calling out to an absent father. He was pointing us towards a plan. See, in Hebrew culture, scripture was the coolest thing. Uh, It was a source of identity, direction, and even entertainment. Scripture wasn't just read. People didn't have Bibles. They had to memorize scripture from scrolls. So everything they knew was kept in their mind. And what people would do for entertainment was they would say the first two lines of a psalm and then everyone would join in and recite the psalm together. So when Jesus called out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He wasn't making a declaration of abandonment. He was saying hashtag Psalm 22. But no one got it. If they had realised what he was doing, what he was saying, they would have joined in his lead and they would have recited a prophetic poem that recounted 
everything that was happening to Jesus, from the piercing of his hands and feet to the guards gambling for his garments. The last words of that psalm echo his own, saying, It is finished. If you ever want to know how Jesus felt when he was hanging on that cross, just read Psalm 22. But I love that Jesus asked a question, knowing that no one had the answer. But he did that to point us to the bigger picture while he was in the depths of his trial. He knew that while God had turned his back on the world for a moment because he couldn't, he couldn't deal with seeing his only son crucified, ultimately, God's will of compassion and love and salvation was being realized. Now, the big picture can be a really hard thing to have perspective on in our own lives. And I know that... Um, for me personally, after that night in the pub, uh, my heart really withdrew from God um, because I couldn't see what he was doing in my life and I, I felt really abandoned by him. I went from doing life with Jesus face to face. But as each disappointment happened, as each, as each, each letdown happened, as each grief happened, as each unanswered question happened, I leaned on my own understanding and I hardened my heart towards God. It's really hard to make it back from this place, from this place of total disconnection. And I just want to say, how do you know you're in this place? It's when God is silent because he's still waiting here in the place of connection, but we're over here in leaning on our own understanding. And the pathway back from this place, it costs something. It really costs something. And you cannot make it back from this place being a victim you can't make it back leaning on your own understanding or following your pride. You can only make it back to this place of connection through humility, through taking up your part by seeing your responsibility, by, by turning away from your own understanding and seeking the truth, the real truth. This is the only part... Um, this is the only pathway back to connection in any relationship, but particularly with God. I had to own the fact that it was me who stepped away. It was me who turned away and built a wall of offence. It was me who disconnected from relationship with God. My season was silent because I left that place of connection. I left the conversation. But I've got to tell you, it wasn't getting answers that brought me back into connection with God. The way that that happened, the way he softened my heart was through his compelling kindness. 
He didn't judge me for being over there with all of my questions and my heart hardened. He was just faithfully waiting for me, waiting for me to come back, waiting for me to come with all of my my questions to him. And I'll tell you what, there are some things I never got answers for. I I I never got answers for. But through turning my heart back to God... I now have understanding that reaches far beyond any answers ever could. I have understanding of perseverance and I know how to sustain hope in my life despite my circumstances. While I was turning away from God in offence, he was teaching me the pathway back from offence and into connection. Being a Christian doesn't mean that we won't have trials or walk through deep valleys. It means we get to face those trials face to face with our creator. If you're in a season of silence, I want to encourage you, don't stop asking the questions. Don't stop until you reach a place of understanding. And not your own understanding that you can just go, well, that's, that equals that. But understanding that just that makes sense in here. Don't settle for your own narrative that keeps you small and locked away in isolation. When Jesus died on the cross for you to be free and for a place for you to belong. Don't settle for the counterfeit you know, McDonald's cheeseburger, when God has a feast for you and you you may not be able to see it from where you are right now, but I'm telling you, just keep walking, keep pursuing him, keep pursuing understanding and there's going to be an amazing pub at the end of that road. (laughs) God is so invested in your life that he sacrificed his only son just so that you could be free. He's so involved that he will turn up and show you where to go when you're hungry and you're trying to find a restaurant. He's so kind that he will faithfully wait for you in that place of connection until you're ready to find him. So don't be afraid to turn to God in your anger and grief to reach out to him and ask himself and ask him to make himself known to you, to take your big questions into that place of connection. And just honestly, I just really encourage you to have the guts just to wait for him to show up. And we have an amazing, amazing thing happening today. We get to witness a baptism. We get to witness... The, the rebirth of someone into their new life. Um, but before we do that, I just want to slow everything down just for a minute. And I just want to invite you just to put your hand on your heart. And I'm just going to lead us in a prayer and a time of reflection. Jesus. Where we've we've separated ourselves from you, 
would you show us the pathway back to connection, the pathway back to life and truth and peace and hope? Would you show us the times that you've fought for us? Would you show us the times where you've, you've cradled us and catched us? Would you show us the times when you cheered us on when we felt all alone? Lord, would you show up in the life of every person who's listening or watching this right now? Thank you that you are the God that is real, that you are the God that is powerful. Thank you that you will never forsake us. Thank you that you're the hero God who came and gave his life for us. Jesus, would you just show us how to make our way back to you today? Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.